Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And before I introduce the people that's going to help me navigate this show, I want to tell you how you could participate with us first. You could participate by reaching us via email. We're at Road to Damascus. That's Road to Number Two Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach us via our social media. We're on TikTok as well as Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. And that's Road to Damascus, Road to Number Two Damascus. Reach out to us. Tell us how much you love the show, how much you don't, some show ideas, some show topics, any and all feedback is appreciated. And now, on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our returning champion. Some of you know her as Rabbi. I know her as Sage. I know her as the Oracle. I know her as Teacher. I know her as Elder. I know her as Save, Sanctify, Holy Ghost, Field. I know her as Get that organ. I'm still looking for my organ sound. Number two on the call sheet, but number one in our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, Rabbi Shonda, say what's up to the people, Rabbi. What's up, everybody? Good to be back in the studio with my brother. How are you? How are you? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Can you believe we're in the midst of the holiday season? No. We're, the, and the year's about to be over in two weeks. I know. It seems like it was just January 1st. And did you know that this year on January 1st will be 1, 2, 3, 4, 1, 2, 3, 4? Yeah, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Didn't even think about that. Twelve thirty-one. Is it twelve thirty-one? Thirty-one. Something like that. I'll show you on the thing, but I saw this the other day, like, oh, on on uh December thirty first of this year, it'll be one, two, three, one, two, three. Excuse me. Okay. So it'll be twelve thirty-one twenty-three. One, okay. two, three, one, two, three, not four. But yeah, I'm but I just can't believe this year seemed like it just flew by. Me and my brother, who will be Stefan, right. he's going to be, listen, folks, I know y'all been wondering where Stefan has not been on the show in a long time, but Stefan has been working. He has some other obligations of work that he's been fulfilling because he has a life and a job outside of here. So that's, and when we record, he's not been able to make it, but he's not gone. He will be back. We talked yesterday, but we were having a discussion about, him being out of high school and he couldn't believe that he's about to be like in June of 24, it had been 17 years. He's been out of high school. And we were talking about how people would tell us once you get out of high school, time just flies. And it's like, bro, like me, it's like, I'm almost 30 years out of high school. Nothing I can say about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Got you got that beat already. <laughs> But it's just amazing how how this 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 like you just blink and it go from January first and next thing you know it's June and then you, it's November and wait what? Yeah, you can't catch up. We're on our what thirty something class reunion. Do you yeah. go to yours? No. Okay. Uh, and you know what? And I said this year coming up, I'm gonna go. Okay. I was like, I'm gonna go. We still we have a, a Facebook group where okay, we all yeah. stay in contact. Yeah. You know, we all communicate. But I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna go. See some go of the sure. ones that you haven't seen in a long yeah. do you talk to any of y'all? I do. Okay. Okay. I do. We were a very close knit class. And I think we were the last class that were really this close. Okay. You know, it started yeah. the world started to change after nineteen ninety. You know, it's a different generation of people. So, for sure. Yeah. We, for sure. We, you know, if, if something happens to somebody, we pull together oh, to okay. support them. You know, if somebody's family dies, we all, you know, get together. We send a, a flower from our class. Oh, wow. You know, that maroon and white. You know, we always send oh, that's something. A blessing. We make a donation to the family. Yeah. Okay. We, we oh, no, that's, that's, that. see, that's that Southern. Absolutely. Southern hospitality. Absolutely. We ain't got that up here. <laughs> we ain't got that up here. <laughs> As you've seen in your time being here. Yeah. It ain't no Southern hospitality, but it is what it is. So before we start, we always start off. How has God been guiding for you? You know, he's been answering prayers. Okay. You know, I realized that I'm actually living the answer 
to prayers that were prayed a long time ago. Okay. Like I have, you know, I remember praying that, um, you know, God would create certain friendships, you know, and, and he has. He has. You don't have to be in relationship with people to be friends. Absolutely. You, you don't have to be. Like you, we don't have to be together anymore to establish a, a friendship that is beneficial to everybody involved. Absolutely. You know, there are um, things that I remember God said you're going to do that I'm actually doing. I remember having a, a vision of myself standing in front of a crowd of people before I ever started talking in front of crowds of people. And I had seen myself in a certain church talking to a group of people. And I remember walking into that church to talk to this group of people. You know, he is a, a prayer answering God. So okay. I'm at that, that phase of living life forward, understanding it in reverse. Stephen. Stephen, come on back, <laughs> come Steph. On. You know, I'm yeah. in that place of yeah. understanding some things that, that have happened. I, and I, listen, I appreciate this phase of my life right here. Absolutely. Well, when we can appreciate no matter where we are in the phase, that is the yeah. growth that we all look for Yeah, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Confronting so, all of the fears. <laughs> there you go. There you all go. Because she's still on that fear fast, folks. On the fear fast, I'm telling you. And woo, it ain't no joke. I ain't no joke. How's God gotten for you? How has God gotten for me? I'm going to be honest with you. When God gives me revelation and then I start talking to people or I get something for the confirmation, that always lets me. How God deals with me, he deals with me in a couple of ways. He deals with me through direct communication as far as revelation where it's like I'll be praying about something and he'll drop something in my spirit or he'll deal with me in dreams, but it's always followed by confirmation from somebody else. Mm -hmm. So God gave me something that he wanted me to start working on. And sometimes I'm always the type of person because I like to dive into certain things. It was like, this is maybe me want to dive into this. But then I get a text from you where I have a conversation with my dad this week that confirms what I've been wanting what God had told me to start working on. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, God. I'm, I'm, I'm in the, so that always lets me know that I'm in right standing, that yeah. I'm hearing from him, that, that, cause you know, I'm the type of person I always want to make sure it's not me. It's mm-hmm. him. You know what I'm saying? Cause, right, right. cause a lot of times we think it's him and it's us and it's us. And, and Lord knows, I don't want to ever be about me. So when I get these revelations and then it's confirmation, that's how I know God be God and, and how I'm in a line of what the things that he wants me to do. So I'm always appreciative of those confirmation and things that come from that. So amen to that. Amen. And let's start the show. Let's get it. Rabbi, this is a topic from the rabbi this week. This isn't one of mine. So she she she'll send me that part. she sends me a text and be like yeah do something with this but we need to talk about this just here here's a mishmash here's here's some potatoes potatoes and some sour cream and some cheese and some chives and I need you to make me some twice baked some make twi- it happen make some twice baked potatoes I ain't got an oven <laughs> hey, no what is it the movie Friday when Smokey Mama gave him the money to go pick her up some cigarettes or something he's like this ain't enough she looked at him and said make it enough right <laughs> Shonda's like hey, I need you to go to the stove pick this up pick this yeah. up and she gave me a 20 and I was like this ain't gonna be enough and she said make, make it, it enough <laughs> just make it happen but I think she did that to me cause somebody did that to her Yeah. oh yeah <laughs> so, so we was just paying it forward <laughs> we was just we was just paying that forward. You have to know your people. Right. You know what I mean? You you know who to ask right. for what. Right. I knew that I could say, hey, look at this. Do something with that. Right. And I knew you were going to come back to the table with a fully prepared meal. Absolutely. Already ready. Absolutely. Because that's what you do. Absolutely. I'm a good chef when it comes to this. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So let me go on and give my uh my Emerald Legacy. Cook it. Let's go. Um. So too often in in the body of Christ, Shonda, um, because of whether we want to say education, indoctrination, whatever word we want to use, 
we have um, for a very long time um, not allowed people to feel happy about the talents and the gifts God has given them. We we know about the uh, the parable of the talents, and some were given one talent, and some were given two, six talents, and twenty talents. And then, what did you do with the talent that was given to you? And often. When we give that parable or talk about that, we give it in light of what are you doing for the church? What are you doing for the body of Christ? But not every talent that you have is going to be beneficial for church. And when I say church, I'm talking about the building, not the people. That sometimes you have a talent that allows you to be able to pay the bills. Right. You have a talent that allows you to get into rooms that you normally wouldn't be able to get into but you're taking God with you in those rooms. But you're not appreciative or happy or celebrate those things because the church has indoctrinated or educated us not to be happy unless the talent that he's given us is being used in this building. How did we get here? You know, this, ooh, I didn't realize how sensitive this particular subject was or is for me. Yeah, not was. We t- you talking yeah, bad. It's is. present. Yeah. <laughs> is because I grew up um, in at a time. I grew up in in the church at a time where the culture of the church was suppressive. Um, if it wasn't something you were doing at church it, it was considered sin you know if we've talked before about the things you couldn't do and the things you couldn't wear um you had to really suppress who you were and i think in an in an effort to do the right thing the the spirit of control slipped in and we created um an atmosphere in the church that wasn't conducive for glory carriers. It wasn't conducive for you to be who God made you. And you certainly couldn't celebrate it. You you just couldn't because it was called pride. And I realized that right now, 33 years after receiving the initial infilling of Holy Spirit, that I am just now really allowing God to unveil who I really am. I'm just now starting to celebrate what he put in me and and how he made I think it really started to happen, man, probably back shortly after Azusa. You know, when it Back started to, Carl- to split. Okay. You know, when, when, when there was this split that started to happen, because well, I don't, I, we're not going to do that. We're not going to baptize like that. Right. You know, I think it started to happen then, and it just became more, um, let, let me see who can control the most things. Right. And we have people today who are wonderful and gifted and afraid to use them, afraid to be seen as gifted, afraid to celebrate it. How dare you have this gift in an earthen vessel and not use it and be afraid to use it, afraid to teach, afraid to preach, afraid to prophesy, afraid to sing. Well, I don't want nobody to know that I can sing. What? How, how dare we? How, how dare we do it? Well, the thing is... <clears throat> I think what it has happened, you could correct me if you think I'm going in the wrong direction, is there are two types of people. There are people that know they can, but don't want to. And there are people who think they can, but absolutely want to. And we are more amped to put the people who think they can in a position that they aren't really talented enough or gifted enough to do and then wonder why is no success in that area mm-hmm. where you you'll have a person where you'll do like a little event and you just say hey can you do this and then 
it's almost like one of the movies where the girl's in the shower singing. And you like, wait, is that you who was singing? Um, I remember uh, Tony Braxton, um, how she was discovered. She was singing at the gas station, mm-hmm. pumping her gas. And a person, a record executive, heard her singing while pumping gas. Oh, wow. Said, wow, could you come? And then, you know, she shows up and they, and boom, Tony Braxton, they put her with baby face and the rest is history. There are people who have, I'll go this way. Dr. Miles Monroe one time gave a great sermon where he talked about that the, the, um, the biggest treasure chest in the world mm-hmm. is in the cemetery. In the cemetery are books that haven't been written, songs that haven't been sang, sermons that haven't been preached. How many people have we killed, Shonda? How many treasures have we buried going back to the talents? How many treasures have we have we buried because of that spirit of control? Too many to count. Too many to count. And we have some um, people on life support. In, in, in ministries right now, whose oxygen level is at 42. <laughs> that post ox reading, like, you yeah. need to come. Like, you, 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 we don't always appreciate talents from God that are for the world to the glory of God. We, we appreciate talents that are to be used, like, for, for church, like, inside the church. And I'm not talking about people who sing secular music. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who have, you know, giftings that they are to go out and plant seeds in the world. Because you, you got to go out and, and, and teach. You, your, your ministry or your gifting is for a marketplace. Kind of like Paul was sent to right. the Gentiles. He wasn't sent, you know, to the Jews. Right. We don't really appreciate those gifts and, and talents. And what did Paul say? I had to become all things to all men, to all men, which means I had to fit in wherever I went. And the minute we think you're fitting in, now we have a problem. And you, and, and this isn't um, to, you can have critiques of anybody because none of us are perfect. Right. So I think of somebody like a Kurt Franklin who is blown up and you can have some issues and things like that, but he's planted seeds. Mm-hmm. When we were listening to Stomp on our station here is 97.1, is 97.9 right. WJLB. When, when you started waking up hearing, matter of fact, before Stomp, I remember um, the reason why I seen being played in the morning by Mason. Okay. In the morning. We'll play, you know, um, his eyes on the sparrow. Mm-hmm. In the morning, this on 97.9. Right. This R&B and hip-hop. Yeah. M- imagine driving to work and hearing that. It, it just changes the atmosphere. And a seed is being planted that we don't even know that's being planted. Mm-hmm. God just wants the seed to get planted. See, we want to do all the work because of the spirit of control. We want to do everything. I call it the Chia Pet effect. We want to plant right. the seeds, water it, and watch it grow. Right, right. Well, this ain't a Chia Pet Faith is not a Chia pet thing. And the fact that God uses the the mustard seed because of how mighty that tree grows from that little bitty seed. He wants, he wants it to, he wants your faith to be unshaken, unmovable, rooted. Because guess what I can do with that Chia pet? It's in a clay pot. I can take that clay pot, throw it and break. Mm -hmm. But I cannot pick up a mustard seed tree, a mustard tree once it's grown into its full effect and do anything with it. The wind can't do nothing with it. Right. You got to literally come and cut that thing down. Right. With special machinery. That's how your faith should be. That they need something to come in. My faith is so strong and so rooted. But yet we don't allow people to get to that point. No. We want to dig you up. Oh, no, no, that's too much. You can't. Why are you doing that? Why are you writing these type of books? Mm-hmm. Why are you writing? You could be writing godly books. Well, my books are books of the world, but they aren't talking about sex. They're talking about 
the realization in real life that people live and what their struggles are. So if I write a book where the antagonist of the book is somebody who was raised in the church and they've had problems with the church, but now they've come back, but they've come back in a different way because they realized that they were indoctrinated and not educated mm -hmm. within the body of Christ. And now you think because it's a New York Times bestseller that it must have been. We used to make everything, if, if you was getting credit from the world, then it wasn't from God. Right. Period. Period. If you if the world is giving you praise, then it must not be from God. Mm -hmm. Something got to be wrong. But yet Jesus is the most popular person in the world. So are we not to give? So are we to think now we should have a problem with Jesus? I mean, I'm asking Shonda. No, but many people do. You know, I can't have a shirt that say Jesus is my homeboy. Now you offended. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what? Like, yeah. It's, it's, you offended by that. That's disrespectful. To who? Right. To who? And why? The thing that makes you so special is who you are. Who, who God created you to be. That's what makes you special. That's what makes you so important. But we make people suppress that. You know, you, we suppress who we are. To the point where the church is filled now with people who have no idea who they are. They, they, they don't. They their don't, identity they don't they is are. in the pastor. Their identity right. is in the church. Mm -hmm. You know, who are you? Right. And oh. when, when God tries to, to break you out of that or when you try to bust out of that identity to discover who you really are and who you were created to be, then now, now you are prideful or you are uh, refusing um, to retain God in your knowledge, and that's, this is not the case. At some point, at some point, you have to discover who God created you to be. And I can guarantee you, he didn't create you to be someone who looks like somebody else. He didn't create you to be. He would have gave you a twin. Right. And that's, that's, why do we all need to look the same and act the same? Why do we all need to like the same things? We have people who don't even know what kind of food they like. Because they have been conditioned to be like the next person. We all going to go to the same person. We all going to wear our hair alike. We all going to wear the same kind of clothes. And you have no identity whatsoever. Step for wise. I could only watch that one time. <laughs> one time. We have sacrificed everything. We, we have people who have no style. None. No style. They don't know what they like because they've been told how to dress. You know you don't like it, and you know you're uncomfortable. You know that's not what you want, but you're too afraid and because you don't want anybody to say, now you're being sexy. I'm not trying to be sexy. I just don't like that. You know you, how you, long. You, you have been unapologetic with your jeans, gym shoes, and Jesus. Yeah. You're not a, if you came up here in a dress, I think that's a sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't wear a dress. I'm not saying you might not even be sexy in a dress. Mm -hmm. But that's just something that that's not your style. It's not. And that's okay. But for a long time, that's all we could wear. And they made you feel some type of way Absolutely. for your liberation once it once you became liberated and said, "I am not who I what I wear." My 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 spiritual growth, my relationship with God mm -hmm. isn't based on whether I wear jeans, gym shoes, or a dress. Right. Like there there's a group of people that's my audience. They look like me. Right. You know, they've experienced what I've experienced. My testimony, my story is gonna mean something to them because I am their representation that God can use you just like that. Period. Period. So, yeah, man, I spent so much time. There, there were Sundays that I didn't even go to church because I spent so much time standing in front of the closet trying to figure out what to wear. That, Anxiety. Just, like, that's a true story of trauma, of just trauma, being traumatized by people trying to tell me how to look, how to wear my hair, what, what I should wear, how you should dress, how you should feel, what so you, you didn't look want. like you were gay. Exactly. You know, and for the people who, if that's not your issue, just 
you, why do we have to wear dresses to church all the time? Where did that come from? Who, who put that out there? Who, who did it? Who said it? Why is it a rule? Why is it a part of, of, of the structure? Why? You know how much stuff I've had to go through for it to not even, for it to not even matter. For it to not even matter. Even, even because it, whatever they think about you. Well, what you've been indoctrinated, even when you go in liberty, it's still a little bit of in your mind. It's like, I, I, like I'm rattling the cage. But you're really not rattling the cage. Right. Before, like, who, oh, go I ahead. saw um, Sade Martin, who, and if, if y'all don't know who she is, go on YouTube and, and look her up. She is, um, she is prophetic. And and powerful, and open up her mouth and fire come out. She's an intercessor, and she has prayers from the vault, one and two. And I remember discovering her on YouTube, and I believe that she has alopecia, a partial because her head's bald. Okay, she's bald. She's um, she's 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 full figured. Okay, she she's she's really. Full figure. She's okay. bow leg, and she has on these jeans, and she have always got on some Jordans, some type of J's. Right. You know what I mean? But in glasses banging, or she have on a hat with her jeans or whatever, and she be flat foot slaying folks in the spirit. And folks be complaining about her. There was somebody under one of her things was like, you, you can't be that fat and anointed. Because... Clearly you you have, they were like, clearly you have a, a spirit of glutton and God ain't pleased with that. You nigga. I'm sorry. Are you serious? You don't know why she's that size. You in your mind you see something and you just assume that this person is eating all day long, every day. That's not the case. And what difference does it make? What difference does it make? Do you hear the words coming out of her mouth? You see the power. Clearly, you sat here and watched the video. But because of your stereotypes and because of how you've been indoctrinated or miseducated and because of how you feel, you want to put that on somebody else. Let me tell y'all something. We tired. We tired. We are tired of bearing the brunt of other people's ignorance and arrogance. We are tired of it. And no longer are we going to sit in the shadows because you feel like we too black, too fat, uh, because our hair is too short, or because we don't have on um, a, a dress and stockings and things like that. No, we are tired of sitting, holding our power back in the corner, bucking behind the stalls, waiting on y'all to be satisfied with how we look. Forget all of y'all. We don't need a seat at your table no more. We coming and we at, we tables. When I'm in, when I'm ready to go to war, I need my war gear on, and and uh, 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 a dress to my ankles with some three inch kitten heels or whatever, ain't cutting it. Cause when I'm really need to bear down and fight, I need some grip. Listen, and half the folks who come to church dressed like that, ten minutes in, they got their shoes off because they feet hurt. I bet you my feet ain't hurting. At all. At all. And I ain't got to look at your bunions, your onions, your... You ain't had a pedicure in six weeks and all this other Listen, stuff. Listen, I'm ready to go. When it's time to go, I'm ready to go. I don't come to church. It's okay, I need to bring this extra pair of shoes. I'm here. I'm ready to worship. I'm ready for the warfare. I'm ready to go. I ain't worried about sweating out my hair. I ain't worried about needing a perm. I ain't worried about my, my hair napping up. None of that. Not worried about any of that. All Ed I'm just sweating about, out. God, what we doing? What what we you who the who get a call? Right, and we ready to go. You can go from 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 God to gangster in a matter seconds. <laughs> wait 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 wait. Let me let me take my shoes off. Right. Hold on hold on. Let me get. Mm-mm. We're not worried about that. I have finally figured out who I am. You you found freedom. Yeah. We's free. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that liberty to be who God made you, if you don't have that, look around where you are. You're in the wrong community. If you got to spend an hour in the closet trying to figure out what to wear so that the people can be accepting of you, not God, 
the people, that's not your tribe. But the first person that needs to be okay with who you are is you. Period. Period. So, and I've often used this analogy, and I'll use it again. When Jesus went and picked the 11, because the 12 volunteered. Right. When he picked his 11, he picked all types. Mm-hmm. And he just told them, all right, go out and do. He didn't tell them, all right, I'm going to need you to button up. I'm going to need you to get tight. I'm going to need you to do this. I'm going to need you to. No, he chose them because though he needed, though he, he got fishermen, he got carpenters, he got tax collectors. He needed people that can fit all groups. We, before the podcast, Shonda had a conversation about um, identity and things like that. And it, it'll be a deeper if really went into it but anyway if i've never been on drugs or know what it's like to fiend or know what it's like to want a free base at one in the afternoon or, or haven't had the urge to get high and i'm stealing my mama's out of her purse or i'm selling my kids video games or i'm taking family members jewelry to the pawn shop i don't know what that feels like right I don't know what it feels like to burn and desire for someone same sex as me. I don't know what it feels like to 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 struggle with other things that people have struggled with, alcoholism, any of that. I don't like, oh God, I gotta have this drink and sweating and it's coming through my pores and I'm drinking at two and uh eight in the morning, and I'm waking up drinking a bloody Mary to from the headache and I don't know any of those things, but the people who have lived those things, no matter how they look, no matter how they come, they have a testimony. We are literally stopping people's testimony because they don't look a certain way. Right. You said this woman, all right, she a little thick. Okay. But as you see what she is doing. And my thing is they didn't accept Jesus. Do y'all understand that? Right. David did not look like a king because Samuel thought the first one was the one. And I know we just brought this up on the previous podcast. He thought the first one was the one. God said, I've, I've sent my anointed. I'm going to be the one to bless them. The oil ain't even going to come out the thing until the one who's supposed to be anointed come. Yep. And here come David looking dirty because he tending to the sheep, ruddy, all of this, and God said that's him. So it doesn't matter your appearance. It doesn't matter how you dress, what you got on, gym shoes, high heels, whatever. If Don't that's your style, that's your style. Because I've had, I've heard people, prominent people, that said God told them to dress very modestly. Then when the dollars started coming in, that whole thing changed. It was like, so did God tell you not to do that anymore right did you share with the people because you went from uh you went from uh flats to red bottoms mm -hmm. and cosmetic surgery and, and 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 wigs and 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 veneers like what and, happened and makeup and and you need uh what they call makeup artists right. with you right before you, you come out and now. you went from just put me up anywhere to i have a specific writer mm-hmm that. I'm not showing up for less than 15000 up front. And I get the other half after the altar call. Yeah. And I need to raise my own offering. And by the time you leave, the, the church is in debt <laughs> trying to bring you in because of the appearance. Not, not, the, not the glory. The appearance. The appearance. Because be most of y'all who bring these folks in got glory already in your own house. But they name ain't big enough yet. You want to bring in an evangelist? And you got evangelists in your church? What? They don't look right? You want to bring prophets? And you, you got prophets? What's wrong? They don't look right? You want to bring in teachers? But you got teachers. What's wrong? They don't look right? What's, what's wrong with them? They in your house, whatever it is that's wrong, fix it. But they're it's not that. But you, but you want the appearance of something. The appearance don't matter. What's the heart? God judged the heart. Jesse had a future king in his house and had him tending to the sheep. Didn't even know. 
He didn't everything know. You because get. if he knew he was the king, he would have called David in when he said, bring your sons in. He didn't even bring David. Nope. Samuel was like, is this it? <laughs> like, now, notice where God told me to go. Right. You don't have any more? Well, I got one, but you don't want him. Bring him in. And once, and once, and once God anointed, he took David through the process. David became a king. Because of the process God put him through. He had to go through a godly press like that olive. And then he became king. Mm -hmm. Once God has called somebody to do something, ain't nothing none of us can do to stop it. But we show enough try. Man, if we could get past the the things that we have said and, and done when we didn't know who we were. Because if you accept the fact that God has called you, it won't matter what anybody else thinks about it. If you can accept it, if you can accept that thing and run with it, it won't matter what anybody Because God else for you is more than the world against you. Absolutely. And unfortunately, some of it is jealousy. And we ain't going to talk about that. Because you know you got that teacher in your house. You know you got that preacher in your house. You know you got that prophet in your house and they look how they look. But if you put them up there, they're going to call fire from heaven Mm -hmm. and not a folks going to want them more, demand them more. And if they want them more, that mean they want less of you. We got to stop. It's like we, if you're, if you're the leader of a house and, and God has called you, then he's giving you everything you need right here in, in your house. It's it's the job of every leader to impart and train their leaders. That's that's your job. They're they're here. Look at what's in them and not what's on them. Look at what's in them. That's your job. That's your job. Not not what they have on. You know, un- unless you looking at, you know, cracks and crevices and things like that, then you need to have those conversations. Otherwise, I don't care if you got on a pair of jeans. I don't care if you got on socks and sandals. I don't care if you look like my man from Jesus Revolution. I don't care if you look like one of the hippies from the 70s. If you open your mouth and smoke and fire come out of there, then come on. come on. If you are comfortable with who you are, and this is, this is my whole thing. Like We have got to learn to be comfortable and be good with how God made you. Because we don't let people, we, it has to be a self-love. We don't allow people to love themselves right. enough to be happy with who they are. We, not only do, and, and unfortunately us as black people, we get it both ways. Because the world tells us, the world will tell us your lips too big, mm-hmm. your nose too wide, your butt too big, your thighs too big. Now these women are paying for the big lips the big butts, the big hips, and the big thighs. Everything that they told you was ugly about you, they want. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get your big lip, big hip self up and use what God gave you, what you a waste of hips and lips. Did, did, did the fact that Rance Allen was as big as he was stop that voice from hitting them notes? <laughs> right. It did not. When he opened his mouth, yeah, it was. And his voice was so distinctive. You knew when it was Rance Allen. Oh, yeah. It wasn't no. Yeah, it, it wasn't no mixing him up with, with nobody. nobody. Because yeah. God let him be him authentically. Mm-hmm. It was no question who Rance Allen, I uh, mean, as far as his gift. Right. He used all his talent. It just came in that package. Right. We have to get over the package and appreciate the gift. Absolutely. I don't I don't rap speaking of the holiday. I don't like the rap gifts. Me either. Because the rapping don't matter. It's going in the garbage. It's the gift that matters. It's what's inside of it. That's revelation right there. Hit that. Hit that. I had to hit that for myself. I don't like it either. It's just a bunch of my, my living room just be full of paper. Now I got to get a trash bag to mm-hmm. throw away the paper yep. that you dug into. Mm-hmm. No, here's the gift. Right. 
And if you have, if you have a pet or a small kid, I remember when Braden was little and we would get him, you know, these gifts and it would come in the box. We would find the paper just thrown all off to the side along with the, with the gift. He'd be in the box. He, he would be in the box. Like he has turned the box into the gift. Right. He didn't this. Okay. So we're not going through this no more. So now he just tell you what he want. Right. You know, I would like this. You know, I understand. That so there ain't even no need at that point right. to. Ain't wrapping it for what? He knows exactly what it is. Right. Because this is what he asked for. This is what he asked for. The gift. The gift. That's all I want. All I want. Is the gift. Is the gift. Keep the box. Keep the paper. All I want is what's inside. And all God wants. Is what's inside. But unfortunately. What's inside you scares me. Mm. Because if I truly let you shine, then my light may, may look a little dimmer. I may be exposed for not doing the things that I'm supposed to do. Because if you get up here and you seem well-versed, well-studied, well-intentioned with a greater relationship, now it's like I'm going to be exposed for not really doing what I'm supposed to do. Cause I see a ton of people who get opportunities to operate in gifts that that ain't your gift. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't, that ain't what God called you to do. I've seen it. American idol. I didn't think Simon was wrong. We just, I didn't like, he's so mean about it. Is he, is he mean or is he honest? Right. There, there's no fluff. <laughs> there's, there's no sugar added. It was just the facts. He wasn't. He wasn't Mary Poppins. A spoonful of sugar makes no. the medicine go down. Someone no. Would be like, who? Who told you you could sing? Well, my grandmother. She lied to you. Right. He's mean. That's just Shonda. I'm watching it and saying they can't sing either. Right. Like, how did you get into this portion <laughs> of the show? And I stopped watching it a long time. Right. Ago, but, but yeah, how did you even get to this portion of the show? I guess they need that. Oh, no, no. Everybody. No, no. You know, I, I, I know somebody who went to the audition. You audition before you get to the room. Mm-hmm. So, some of these, so the William Hong, she bangs, she bang, They heard that mm-hmm. and let them through because, you know, they we got to. It got to be a show. It got to be a show. It wouldn't right. be a show if everybody could sing. You got to have these ratings. And we watched mm-hmm. the footage. Tra- it's like when we see a car wreck. People, when you drive into work and there's no accidents, mm-hmm. you just pay attention to the road and you go. Right. No matter if you an accident, even if you got somewhere to be, you still kind of peek what kind of car was it, what it's happened. It's a traffic jam. Right. Because people are slowing down. So gawker. They, tra- they call it gawker traffic. And I'm way back here like, what is the problem? And you get up here, all the lanes are open. Right. The accident is over in the ditch. Right. Why are we, what happened? Right. Why am I 20 minutes late? Because of gawker traffic. Yeah, absolutely. So it's nothing wrong with being told maybe this isn't your talent, but I'm going to help you find mm-hmm. what God has called you to do. But this, this ain't it. And that's what we have to do as a body and have to implore our leaders to do as leaders within that body is help people achieve their goals no matter what it looks like so if it's somebody who wears a three-piece button-down suit Mm -hmm. or if it's somebody who has a girl with half of her head shaved and a septum in her nose is it septum a septum that's where the piercing yeah the piercing oh is well you know the piercing in the nose right um or earrings along the side i mean it was a time where they didn't want Women wearing wedding rings. It's still churches today that won't let you sing on the pulpit if you're wearing jeans, no matter how good your voice sounds. Yeah. You can sound like, um, um, what's my Rudolph mother name? So they called her the songbird, the loving you lady. Minnie Ripperton. Minnie Ripperton. You can sound, have that type of voice. Or Rance Allen. And you know what? I don't like that song. What the mini Rip- Ripperton song? Oh, okay, no, but I know many people do. 
but, and I get why you do. It's, right. it's just not appealing to my. Oh yeah, no, no. But I'm just yeah. saying, whatever it may be. Right. I am. I'm not going to allow you to bless us with a psalm because you're wearing jeans, because you're wearing pants, slacks, whatever it may be. Does that change? Does the does the does the garment on your body change the gift that you have? No, no. Does the the style of your hair change the gift that you have? No. Does the shade of lipstick you wear or the earrings you wear or the shoes on your feet change the tenor of your calling or your gift? Shonda, if I gave you a big old ugly despicable box, but in that box was some Jordan 3s that you've been wanting, the color, all of that, mm-hmm. is you going to care what the box looks like? Nope, not at all. I don't care what the box looks like. Is what's inside of it beneficial? I remember when my mother passed away and I flew home for the funeral. And, you know, nobody wants to speak at their mother's funeral. But I, I did it because my family asked me to. And I remember after the funeral, when we were at the repast, the pastor of her church where we had the funeral, he came the same day we buried my mother to say, will you speak for us Sunday? Because we had the funeral on a Monday. So he wanted to know, will you speak for our youth service this coming Sunday? And I said, I had on a, a, a skirt and a, I had on an outfit. And I said, I don't, I don't have any more church clothes. This, that's what I said. You know, it's a Baptist church. I said, I don't have any more church clothes. I'm like, the only other thing that I brought is jeans. He was like, that's fine. It's you Sunday. I was like, well, I didn't want to disrespect your, you know, pulpit with jeans. He was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't care what you have on. He said, I heard you this morning. I know what that is. He said, I recognize that. He said, this is a Baptist church, but I know the Holy Spirit when I hear it. He said, so will you do it? I said, in jeans and a T-shirt? I had some jeans and a Worship Like David t-shirt. He said, absolutely. And I had some chucks <laughs> that Sunday with some, some blue jeans, a purple Worship Like David shirt, and some all-white chucks. She went up there and started crep walking. And my sister was with me. She had the same shirt. She had on some jeans, a purple Worship Like David shirt, and I think probably some Jordans. She was, I believe, in in the pulpit with me. If not, she eventually came up there. And the Holy Spirit did what the Holy Spirit does. Don't tell me what God won't do. All he needs is for you to be willing. Are you good with how I made you? Are you good with what I gave you? Will you use what I put in you? Or are you so concerned with how people feel and what people see and how they perceive it to be that you're not going to use. And church culture has caused people to not be good with how God made them. It has also caused people to be good about things that God has not made them because we have taken people who are gifted, but they don't look right. They don't sound right, but they're gifted, and we put them to the side. We've taken people who look right, and they look the part, but they are not gifted, and we've put them out front. At some point, we got to bring this thing back to where it's supposed to. That's all I'm saying. Just because it looks a certain way and just because it's not what you're used to does not mean it's not from God. Absolutely. Because Jesus wasn't what they didn't come as they expected. Right. They expected a king being carried, but yet he came on a donkey over some palms. Mm-hmm. And the more we get the, 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 the more we're educated as far as allowing ourselves to be break out of this indoctrination because it's indoctrination. How much further can we go? How much how, this thing could take off, but yet we just continue to fill the cemetery. Mm. B, what if we, what if, 
what if people were positioned where they're supposed to be? What if, what if we did that? What if, what if we just put people where they're supposed to be? That was always the plan. You see the person. You see how they're operating. Then you put them in that position. But we reach way over here for somebody who has never, ever done this. And then we say, well, you should, be able to, you should be able to pick it up. It doesn't matter. Because the people will look at you, and they'll receive it. So you come. And the whole time, the people sitting there like, what is happening? Well, it goes back to the gift, the box. If I put it, if I, when Amazon drops boxes off in my house, they drop it off in the original packed box. Mm-hmm. If I wrap that up in some beautiful wrapping paper and put a bow on it, you're going to think, wow, this must be something nice in there. I can wrap up. I can get a beautiful box, wrap it up real nice with a bow. You open it up, it's all my dog's poop. But because it looked good, because the appearance told us something, it must be something nice in the inside. The outside doesn't determine what's on the inside. It does not. It does not. If it was that way, what was the show? Behind door one, door two, door three, or do you want to take what's under this box? Right. And you be looking. It's just a brown box. And and you be thinking. And then you look at the door, and then they got some curtain that look like something big. And then when they lift the curtain, it'll be like a cow right. behind there. Then they lift the box up, and it was a check for $100,000. Right. But because it didn't give that appearance, because they had the drape, so big and it just it drew your attention it's like got to be something instead of saying hey good things come in small packages yeah we've been been trained to just stick with what you're used to what was pleasing aesthetically to the eyes right what catches your attention mm-hmm. this is what you've always had so stay right there so we have we we stay in in unfruitful relationships we stay in, whether it's a, a personal relationship or a business relationship, we just stay in it. It ain't doing nothing for us. It's not growing us in any way, but we, we stay in it. We stay in, 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 in churches. We're not being fed. There's nothing happening, but we just stay in it. We stay right there. We've been trained to do that. What were we talking about before the show? The miseducation of the Negro? You don't have to tell them that it's a back door. They automatically know because of the training tells them. And if it ain't a back door, they go and make one because that's the only way they feel comfortable. Right. We got to do, man, this, we're not talking about people. You know, we're not talking about um, doing something for uh, a pastor or or the person sitting next to you. We're talking about, we're talking about where the call comes from. Because the call doesn't come from, from our pastors. That's not where it comes from. We, we pray that we have leaders who see and recognize the call. But if they don't, you're still responsible for what God said to you. And it's not going to be acceptable that, but well, they ain't like the way I look, so I didn't do it. That's not going to be acceptable. Well, they, always, they didn't think that I was any different. That's not going to be acceptable. Because what does God think of you? What, what, what does God think of you? Well, I didn't feel like I was worthy. But he put it on you anyway. He put it in you anyway. It's not going to be acceptable. It's not. Okay, you stayed. You, you stayed in it. You stayed there. You stayed in the relationship. You stayed in the church. You didn't do, you know, you never did what God told you to do because you had too many other things to do and you had all these other people around you that were accustomed to you being there and doing things for them and with them so you never had time to do what God called you to do. That's not going to be acceptable. It's, it's not going to matter who they were. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter about the church. It's not going to matter about the job. It's not going to matter about the organization. It's not going to matter about the people that we have around us. None of that is going to matter because God in his infinite wisdom, seeing all of that still chose you and gave you a charge. And that's what you got to, that's your responsibility. And I say that having sat in that seat for a long time. Amen. That's all I'll say. And with that...
The block is hot. The block is hot. The block is hot. You got a block is hot today, Rabbi? I don't have a block is hot today. Excuse me? I know. I got a block is hot. I know you do. So I mean, I can go one of several places. And but the one that really boiled my blood this week. Navy Federal Credit Union. And now I guess it just came out yesterday about Wells Fargo. But Navy Federal Credit Union, which is not really an fishy um an um affiliated with the Navy is the largest credit union in America. And it was just came out this week that they were rejecting 50% if not more of their black applicants for mortgages compared to their white counterparts. There were stories of people who, had more than a 20% 700 credit score and two weeks before closing after they had been approved, it being pulled. There was stories of people making $140,000 a year being rejected for mortgages where their white counterparts making $60,000 a year were approved for the same mortgage. So there's probably going to be a class action lawsuit. I'm hoping that there is a class action, action lawsuit that goes against Navy Federal Credit Union. And the reason I bring this up and the reason it frustrates me is because a lot of times when black people in this country talk about racism, they talk about institutionalized racism. This is what we mean. When I have the ability as my white counterpart to obtain the same American dream, to be able to do the same thing, but I am rejected, not for merit, not because I'm not qualified, but I am rejected because of the color of my skin. And for no other reason, that's institutionalized racism. And, and that's happening in 2023. This ain't 1963. This ain't 1863. We're talking this is still happening in 2023 in America. And this is the largest credit union that was doing this to folks. So when this class action lawsuit come, if some of our listeners are with them, make sure y'all sign that form and send it back because we need as many plaintiffs because that they need to be shut down at this point. I hope that class action lawsuit make them have to go and file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy and be done as an organization because that's disgusting. And I didn't get to read about the Wells Fargo, but I think that they were kind of doing the same thing. But Wells Fargo was just busted for making fake accounts on people's names a couple years ago so whatever they said they did they did it i'm sticking with that and since sean didn't have one i got one more we had talked a couple of weeks ago on the block is hot about the woman in ohio who um lost the child in the toilet and they're trying to charge her so i don't know if you guys or if you shonda heard about the woman in texas that um Basically was told that she has an atopical pregnancy. The child is either at this point already dead or is going to die during childbirth. And there's a possibility if she births the child, it can kill her. Um, she lives in Texas. A judge gave her the ability to terminate the pregnancy because under no circumstance would this child be born alive. Mm hmm. She was given the ability to get an abortion in the state. The attorney general of the state of Texas sent a letter to the four, I guess, four or five providers in the state that I don't care what this judge said. If y'all help this woman with this procedure, you will be charged. So she had to leave the state to have the procedure done. So, again, I want to make clear this isn't about being pro-life or pro-choice, which, again, I will always say are false dichotomies. This is about medical attention. And this woman was not allowed to receive proper medical attention because what the term of the procedure that she was getting done. This is not somebody who did not intentionally get pregnant. This is someone who was hoping to have a child to term to bring a life into this world. And it's been told that it can't happen. So not only to deal with the stress of that, 
but now to have to deal with the stress of when you have to have this done, this emotional thing that now you're not even allowed to have it done. So again, I want this to be known. This is not about abortions. This is about the spirit of control and the controlling of women's bodies. When you want to lock a woman up who loses a child in the toilet, or you threatening to lock up doctors who are going to help to abort a child that is not a viable fetus. We're not talking about somebody who's one night stand and they made a mistake and they got to get rid of this. When a child dies in the womb and they have to go in and get it. And it's not, the woman has not come to term. The name of that procedure is called what Shonda? DNC. Yeah, but it's an abortion though. That's the, the procedure. So all of this falls under one umbrella. So again, that's why we have to be careful about the things that we allow and the things that we fight for when we're not properly educated or we're indoctrinated to believe certain things. Did you want to add to anything I said, Rabbi? Nope, I better not. And that was this week's episode of The Block is Hot. She leaned back in her seat like, Hey, hold on now. If you got something to say, because you on this fear fast, so don't be. I'm, you know what? It's it's the ignorance for me. You know what I mean? It's 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 just the ignorance for me. It is. It is. It's for pro lifers who aren't pro lifers. It's the audacity for me. that for you to not even consider the life of the mother, or the viability of the feet, just to make your stance. So you could be right, just like the last podcast. Is it about being right or is it about what's right? Absolutely. And they would rather be right than do what's right. So you would rather risk the life of the mother. Two birds, one stone. So if they both die, it's okay. As long as we don't get rid of one. So if you die giving birth, to a, a fetus that's non-viable, it's okay because you die while giving birth. But if you get rid of it before you give birth to save your life, then we're going to charge you or the doctor who assisted you. So it's not about health and wellness at all. It's just about protecting your vote. Problem. You ready to shut this thing down? Yep. Go for it. Uh, I'm going to close with this. Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them the imago day or the image of god the likeness or similarity to god we were created with unique abilities absent in all other creatures of the earth that mirror the divine nature of god we were created by his hands unto good works so do those good works that he's created you to do that he has put within you to do and do it fat skinny, black, white, tall, short, in jeans and gym shoes or heels and skirts. It's time to be more concerned with your soul than your clothes. And in the words of Tim Ross, we all just in the hospital trying to get a bed. Amen, amen, amen. In 2 Samuel, um, there's a story about them bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel or yeah, Israel. And it talked about how they celebrated and danced before the Lord. And as they were traveling, there was a certain way they were supposed to bring it. And it was touched. And the man who touched it immediately died because he didn't follow the instructions. And the ark was left at Potiphar's house. And Potiphar was like, y'all can leave this Old thing for. Edom's house. Oh, yeah. Oh, so Old man Edom's. Yeah. I apologize for that. Oh, but. Okay. It, yeah, Potiphar was with Joseph. 
See how that be all running together? But old man Edom's house. And his house was blessed. Mm -hmm. So once David got word of this, he sent for the ark to come back. Because it needed to finish. It needed to be in the city of David. Where God was ready for the temple to be built eventually but it by Solomon. But anyway, when the Ark of the Covenant finally made it to the city of David, David celebrated and he danced. And they celebrated and danced so much that he started to dance out of his clothes. And his wife at the time, who was the daughter of Saul, who grew up in royalty, who knew what it was to be a king, how a king should act, how a king should look, how a king should conduct himself. Saw David doing this and admonished him for his act. Anybody who makes you feel bad, who admonishes you when you are celebrating before the Lord, when you are doing the Lord's work that he told you to do, and you so into tune with God that you may shake up some things, you may shake out of your shirt, but you're doing it unto the Lord and he knows your heart and says that your heart is a one of after his own heart. Then who are we to question the divine father? Cause God for you is more than the world against you. And when he's called you to do something, it don't matter what nobody else thinks. It only matters what he thinks. And with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of road to Damascus where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. Till next time, thank you for listening. We'll be back, and God bless.